Welcome to Slay Church. We're so excited that you're tuning in with us today. If you don't know who I am, my name is Beth Moore, and this is my husband, Jared Moore, and we are the online campus pastors here at Slate Church. And we're just so excited that you're tuning in today from wherever you are, whether you are at one of our watch parties right now, whether you're tuning into our live services, or whether you're watching this a little bit later in the week on YouTube. We're just really believing that God has something unique for you today, and we're excited that you are here with us for this service. And if you are watching in one of our live services right now, there's actually going to be something coming up in the chat that says invite. And we would love for you to click that link and just share the URL for this service with someone that may want to hear it today. There is still time to pass this on and bring other people into this. And if you're watching online, there's also going to be a button coming up in the chat from our wonderful host team that says connect with us. And we would love for you to click that too. Just fill out our connect card. Let us know who you are and we would love to get to know you. So check it out. We're starting this service off a little bit different today because we've got a little bit of a different service for us here. As you can see, uh, maybe you can see it in the back. We've got it on the on the screen there. It says a year in review. So this is our last Sunday of uh, 2020. It's December 27th and we're so excited to actually, uh, look, listen, 2020 didn't go the way anybody thought it was gonna go, all right? I think a lot of us had expectations of how this year was gonna be, and I think every single one of those expectations changed, and then we made new expectations, and then they changed as well, and we just repeated that pattern throughout the entire year. But one of the cool things that has happened is as we've adjusted as a church to uh, what it looks like to be the body of Christ and to be a church through an online season, one of the great benefits of that is that we've actually been able to record a lot of the things that we've done as a church. And that allows us to look back on this past year of what has happened and the ways that we've been able to grow as a church, the things that we've been able to do, the ways that we've been able to see God continue to move in our city and in the lives of the people in our church. And all of this because we started recording everything that we did as a church in order to get it out to everybody. And so we've got a little bit of a unique service here. I don't think we've ever done this in the life of Slate Church, and I'm really excited for it today. So what you're going to see over the course of this service, we're going to have all of the uh, important elements of our service. We're going to worship together today, so don't worry. It's not just a montage of clips from all things before. We're going to worship in a bit of a unique way today. We're going to have a message today, but it's going to be a little bit of a unique message. We're going to look back over some of the interviews over this past year. We're going to look back over some of what City Impact has done over this past year. We're going to look back over baptisms and just highlights throughout the year. And so we're really excited for this service today. Again, it's going to be different than what we're used to, but it's powerful to stop and actually look back on what God has done in our church over the past year. You know, Hebrews talks about running the race that's marked out for us. And that idea of running a race is really forward looking. I've got a goal. I've got a mark that I'm, I'm running towards. And as important as that forward momentum is and looking forward to what God is going to do, uh, we miss a lot if we don't pause and look back and see what God has done. And we can always be looking towards what could be or what will be instead of pausing and say, look at what God has done in the ways that maybe I didn't expect. Look at the way he showed up here in the lives that I didn't even know he was showing up in. Let me get a, a bit of a visual on how he did that. And for, for Beth and I, we really have the privilege to be able to see a lot of that firsthand and we want to share that with you as a church today and so before we move forward, before we jump into anything, the, the format of the service is going to be different. Beth and I are going to walk us through kind of the different uh, seasons of our church. And before we jump into worship today, we actually wanted to take some time and sit down with uh, the person in our church who actually runs all of our worship ministry, Candace Mayers, and talk a little bit about what worship has looked like in this season. So Candace, why don't you come on in and join us? we got a chair for you here. Can we put our hands together for Candace today? Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, great to have you. 
Thanks for taking the time. Candice, you have been uh, leading uh, a lot of what worship has like looked like at Slate Church pretty much for in its entire existence. And so, yeah, yeah. so again, what we get to see on a week in and week out, uh, thank you for all the work that you pour into that and, and your hand on that. But Beth, I think you had a couple of questions for, for Candice yeah, today. Yeah, I mean, you have done a phenomenal job throughout this season of leading worship, whether we were literally just in our homes and figuring out what it looked like to worship as a church together, but from this place of of being in isolation at home, from the snippets of people coming into the office and filming and recording and then going home and piecing all of these things together. You've done such a phenomenal job throughout all of it, but I think it would be really interesting just to hear your perspective on what that was like and what what that season of figuring out how do we worship collectively as a church throughout this year has been like for you. Yeah. When I think about what the season has been like and what leading in the season's been like, it just reminds me of actually a worship moment that we had in person our first year as a church. Uh, You know, we were gearing up for a great song. The band was building. The lights were going. Everything was great. And right as we were about to start singing, the power went out. And the lights turned off. The sound turned off. Everyone was kind of confused. There was this kind of disarray. And Pastor Brandon was on the platform and he, you know, yelled out into our auditorium and said, you know what? It's not about the lights. It's not about all of these things that we have, but it's actually just about having a heart of worship. Mm -hmm. So as a church, as you know, everything, all, nothing was working. We just took some time and we sang, your name is higher, your name is greater. All my hope is in you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this season has felt like there, you know, we were on such a great trajectory as a church, especially in worship. I know that both of us have actually, right before COVID started, we had been talking about what the future was for worship for Slate Church, how we wanted to see just a heart of worship continue to grow and develop in our church. We had just done a worship night, you know, the Tuesday before everything shut that's down. That's right, that's right. And then the Friday came and restrictions came and it felt like that moment of disillusion of what is happening. I don't know Mm. what this looks like. And I think for so many people in the season as lockdown hit, as restrictions came, there was this moment of, I actually don't know what to do. I don't know how to worship. I don't know what this looks like. You know, when you find yourself alone in your home, watching church on a screen, it's so easy to be like, okay, I'm just going to watch church. I'm not going to engage. You know, I'm just going to sit down during worship. I'm not going to raise my hands. I'm not going to do anything like that. Um, But there was a choice that we as a church had to make and really each person had to make of, are we actually going to go after the presence of God in our homes just like we would go after the presence of God in, you know, a packed room at Maxwell's or a packed room at Lions Hall. And it just reminded me actually of this verse. It's in John 4, 23 to 24. And Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman by the well. And they're having a conversation actually about worship and, you know, where we worship. And the context of the conversation was it actually doesn't matter where you're worshiping. And and Jesus says to this woman, but the time is is coming. In fact, it's now here that true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's what we had the opportunity to do as a church. We got to join in the global church and be a part of really just seeing God continue to move and work in worship. We, you know, changed what we did. We you know, did Instagram live worship nights instead of right. in-person worship nights. Right. You know, Jared, you were actually, you got the opportunity to be a part of like the Blessing Canada. That's right. Where, you know, churches from all across our nation came together and sang this song that really impacted so many people, including me over this quarantine season. 
And we got to see that God, I mean, it's a great reminder, but God doesn't just work, you know, with the big lights and with the stage, but actually we have an opportunity to say, you know what, I know that God's presence is here and I can choose to lean in and actually get something from God in this season. I found for myself and even hearing the stories of so many people in our church, they were saying that, you know, morning prayer, you know, just one person on an acoustic guitar singing, like that was some of the most profound worship moments I've had in my life. Mm. You know, we're over Zoom with, (laughs) you know, bad audio quality, but but with a really true heart posture of worship. Yeah. It's, It's funny actually, as I was talking about, you know, earlier in the year, we, us as lead pastors and also with you guys, we were talking about our priority this year for our worship team, but also for our church to see a heart of worship continue to develop. And the way that that happened definitely was not the way that we thought it was going to, but I think it happened in a way that um, exceeded my expectations, seeing, you know, people worshiping in their living rooms, hearing stories of families where they were saying, you know, they got to be with their kids and see their kids start to understand wow. what worship was. Wow. And they got to worship as a family. And now every time their kid hears worship songs, you know, they run into the room and they start worshiping yeah, with their parents. Cool. This, these profound moments happen because of quarantine. It's, it's yeah. so crazy to think, but it's so powerful to see how God has moved and worked in and through everything. It's great. And listen, we're going to take some time right now in our service to uh, to worship today. And and really what we're going to do is we're actually going to stitch together some of the, the worship songs that we've put together in previous seasons uh, from out of the office and when people were recording all in their homes. And uh, and so we want to encourage you, as Candice was saying, like some of the most profound times of worship can happen. It doesn't matter what the environment is. It matters of what your heart posture is. And you're actually making a decision, hey, I'm going to choose to worship God today. I'm going to choose to jump in. I'm going to choose to give him my best, regardless of whether uh, I can hear myself or what's happening around me. And so as these videos play from uh, these past seasons, as we get to see the progression of worship in this last year, uh, I want to encourage you, this is not just a time to see where our church has come. It's actually a time right now in this moment to worship. And so if you're watching this at a watch party, I'd encourage you to stand up and lean into this time of worship. If you're watching this at home, I'd encourage you to stand up and lean into this time of worship. Wherever you find yourself today, let's worship together and lean into this as we uh, actually have a time to do this together. The weapon may be formed but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. And oh my God will never fail And I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you Many giants, I know how. Be- 
To 
Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move of your spirit. Heaven, break out. Come now in power. Cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move of your spirit. Heaven, break out. Come now in power. Cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move of your spirit. Heaven, break out. Come now in power. Cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Lord, send revival. Lord, send
sing about how thankful you are for all that he's done, for what he's brought you through and what he's bringing you to. Oh, we want to know you more and more and more. Cause all I want to know you, Jesus. Open up my heart to see. Take my life, my broken pieces. Let revival start with sing all I want. All I want is to know you, Jesus. Oh, powerful time of worship we've just had here and looking back over some of these clips that we've had the opportunity to see today it's so incredible to see what God has done through our worship at Slay Church over the past year you know we got to see some of these clips where we were just in the office with one person going into film at a time and then we saw people in their homes worshiping God and today we got to see our worship team together back in the studio praising God with one voice but you know in all of these different moments of worship. I love that we're serving the same God, that we're worshiping the same God every single time, that he stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know, as a church right now, we're going to take some time to continue in our worship when it comes to our giving and when it comes to our generosity. You know, I think it's safe to say for all of us that this year has come with a lot of releasing control, whether that's releasing control over your plans, whether it's been releasing control over your health, over your job, whether it's been releasing control over your finances. I know that that's been a really big one in my own life this year. And in all of these things, I'm reminded of the fact that I was never meant to hold control over any of these things to begin with. You know, I love the verse in Proverbs, verses three, verse five to six, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will keep your paths straight. In all of these situations where it may have been a little bit scary to release control of all of these different kinds of things, God has shown up and he's shown up through your sacrificial generosity to Slate Church this year. This year we've been able to bless people in our church and individuals when they needed it most. We've been able to send out our city impact team and see them share the love of God in our communities. And through our collective investment into Slate Church Online, we've seen so many people make decisions to follow Jesus 
and even make the choice to get baptized. And that's something to celebrate and to be so excited about. That in all of these times, whether it's challenging or whether it's easy in a season to trust God with our finances, He always does immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine with the money that we trust to Him. And so as we're on the cusp of a brand new year, we have the opportunity today to just put a stake in the ground again and say, God, I trust you with my finances. And you have an opportunity to do that today as we give. Right now, there's a couple of options coming up on the screen in the chat if you're watching live at one of our service times right now. There will also be a couple of options for you to give today. And we would just love for you to do that if you feel led to. But why don't we just take a moment here and pray over our giving. God, we thank you so much that you are our provider in all seasons. And on this Sunday, as we look back over this year, God, we thank you so much that you've never left us, that you've never forsaken us, but that you've actually walked with us in all of these different things that we've gone through, God. And we just bring you all of the praise, all of the glory for that, God. And we just trust that you'll continue to move through the finances that come through today and throughout this week as people watch, God. We love you so much and just commit this offering to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, there's so much that's going to be coming up in this new year at Slay Church. I can't believe that today is December 27th and that just next Sunday is going to be 2021. I'm sure there are some people that are, are shouting and are praising God for that with so much excitement right now. But as we go into the new year as a church, we're excited. We have fresh vision. We have fresh faith for what God is going to do in this new year. And we don't want you to miss out on anything that is happening. And so the best thing that you can do to make sure that you're staying tuned with everything that's going on is to follow us on social media at Slate Church or to head to our website www. Does anyone even use www. anymore? <laughs> I don't even think I do. Slatechurch.com to see what's going on. Make sure you check that out. Check out our events page. Everything that we're doing is going to be posted there and we would love for you to do that and just stay tuned with everything that's going on. Right now though, in our service, we're coming up on something that I'm so excited for and it's something that we call the interview. If you've been watching throughout this year, you've seen that we've done quite a few of these different interviews and we've had the opportunity to really hear from a number of people in our church about what God is doing in their situations right now, what he's done in their lives in the past. And it's been such an encouragement for me. I hope that it's been a highlight for you this year as well, just to be encouraged by what God is doing through the lives of people in our church. And today we're gonna be able to hear another one of those live interviews and I'm so excited for that. But before we do that, we just wanna look back again on some of the incredible interviews that we've heard this year and just be encouraged and reminded once again of what God has done in the lives of people in our church. Why don't you check out this video? Hey, one of the things that we've been doing in this season is taking a, a pause or just a moment out of our services to highlight some of the stories of people in our church that share a little bit of what God has done in their life. And so today we've got somebody with us. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Julie Gosen. I'm Brad. I'm Ashley. I'm Sierra Annette. Yeah, I'm Dave Elhard. Hi, I'm Diana. Hi guys, I'm David. We are Bryce and Janelle Bramhill. Hi, I'm Laurie Schmitz. Hi everyone, it's Kim. So good, and I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Jared, I'm one of the site pastors uh, at Slate. But I wanted to ask you guys a little bit, tell me a bit about uh, you know your life and your relationship with God kind of uh, growing up a bit. Uh, I loved being at church. I was um, passionate about it and would run to the front to give my life to Jesus every week until 
A leader kindly told me you only have to do it once, which was great news. We were both born and raised in a Catholic background, uh, God-centered homes, but really our relationship with him wasn't our priority. I will take you back to five years ago, Dave. And five years ago, Dave, I looked pretty good from the outside. I was going to church every Sunday. I was serving in church every Sunday. I was mentoring high school kids and volunteering, um, being a leader, and my private life couldn't be farther from that. So growing up, um, I was pretty distant from God. Uh, I didn't really have um, much in the way of a loving perspective of who God was. What would you say to somebody maybe that is struggling in their relationship with God and is trying to figure out what that means to them or what it even means to prioritize God in their life? I just, I, I firmly believe that God will never leave you and that he's like in the midst, in the midst of all your struggles and all the trials and stuff, um, he's there. And the fact is that we do live on earth, so we're going to go through hard times. Um, and once you become a Christian, it's not just like um, flowers and roses, roses and daisies and stuff like that. It's not just like a walk in the park after that. Um, you are going to go through struggles, but it's different when you face it with um, such a strong and, and consistent source. There's something really powerful about prioritizing God, and um, when you prioritize Him, everything else in your life, like from the overflow, is affected by it uh, in a really beautiful way. Uh, we pray on um, just before lunch or before breakfast, and just like giving grace and having Him always as a center in our home. Um. Don't believe the lies that you're telling yourself, um, especially with the community here at Slade. Like, we have to be obedient in what's in our sphere of, like, control. But beyond these things, like, this is the space where you have to let God work. Definitely go all in. Um, he accepts you as you are. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the right degree, the right career, the right family that you've grown up in. He accepts you um, just as you are, and just commit that, commit yourself to him, and, and he'll he'll be your light. I would just really encourage people to reach out in every way they can. Reach out to people around them at Slate Church. Reach out to people and get involved in a connect group. Reach out to the Lord. Just talk to him all day long. Just whisper his name. Ask his Holy Spirit to show you areas of your life that he wants you to develop or to give to him to shine a light on to convict you of areas that you need to change in and just yeah just to reach out in his words spend time every day in in the word of god find a good devotional i love jesus calling so um i've got to put a plug in there but anyway yeah just reach out just reach out to everyone and and to god if i had to summarize like if i was only allowed one word to describe who god is uh, it would be the word faith
Hey, how incredible was it to see just all of the different faces and the different stories of people that have been interviewed and the testimonies of what God has done in their life? I think even just as we were going back and preparing that video, just looking back at how many interviews we had, it was a little bit uh, shocking to me and just remembering the stories from each one. It was so cool to see uh, each story is unique in what God has done. Some people uh, having stories where they didn't know God at all and, and he actually brought them a huge way in their life. Some people growing up around church and just making their faith their own. But it's amazing. It's always just such a, a powerful testimony to me of, of God's unique care for people in each of their situations. And so as cool as it is to look back on all the interviews that we've had, we've got a fresh interview today as well, even as we look forward into the future. And this is a bit of a special interview and you'll find out why as they tell their story, but we've got Micah and Becca stairs with us here today. And uh, can we give it up for Micah and Becca in the studio? This is awesome. Um, Look, I'm just, I'm going to let you guys take it away because I think you got a really powerful story of how you even found Slate and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll ask you, how did you end up actually finding uh, Slate Church in this season? Yeah, so basically when COVID first struck, we were living in Boston and there was a video that circulated on the internet called, or the Singing the Blessing yeah. and different churches from around Canada all sang a portion mm. and Jared was actually the person singing for Slate and we saw that and we were like, oh, Waterloo. We're planning on moving there. Why don't we check out that one? Like, we might have to check out a couple churches. We'll see, but we'll start with that one. That's such a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, we moved here at the end of May, and I think we moved on, like, a Thursday, maybe. And then that Sunday, we attended online, and then we were in a connect group by the next <laughs> evening. Um, you guys so are legends. <laughs> So like one of the reasons we thought it was important to join Connect Group really early is that in the past I had realized in my life that the temptation that I struggled with a lot was being comfortable. Mm. I would want to stay in my bubble and not step outside of my introverted little space with all the people I knew. Right. And I would just want to be comfortable. And I realized as I started to recognize this in my life and think about it, that it wasn't God that I was glorifying when my life was comfortable. Mm. It was actually the enemy that was okay with how I was living. Mm. And I realized that I never want to be in a spot in my life where the enemy is okay with what I'm doing. Right, wow. So I wow. want to make sure that I'm able to glorify God and I'm pushing myself and I'm meeting people that can challenge me. Yeah. So we knew that like, as soon as we found the church that we wanted to join, that getting involved in a connect group was like one of the first priorities that we yeah. wanted to do. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I actually remember uh, that first Sunday. I guess it was the very first Sunday you would have come there. Is that is that right? Yeah, you did Next Steps Yeah, first. and yeah. We, we met in Next Steps. And I remember you guys were really kind, and you had just you told me about finding it through the blessing. And I was like, oh, what a cool thing that that actually ended up like driving somebody to our church. That's amazing. And then I didn't really hear anything uh, for like months and months. And I thought about it a, a while ago and I was just like, I wonder if those people like ever really got like plugged in and connected. And then I was talking to Pastor Ben in the office one time and he was like, oh yeah, you got like me, Mike and Becca, they're the best. And like, just like really hyping you guys up. And I was like, who are these people? And then I ended up seeing your photo on, um, on Basecamp, which is basically for everybody who doesn't know what we use internally to kind of communicate as a church. And I was like, oh, they did get planted. And so why don't you like, Connect Group obviously is a big one, but tell me a little bit about the ways that you guys have been able to jump in uh, into like Slate Church in the last little bit, on in, especially like in the online season. Yeah, so I guess going back a few years um, when we were dating, um, we did a book study um, together and it was on Francis Chan's You and Me Forever, Marriage and Light of mm -hmm. Eternity. And um, in that book, one of the points that we got out of it um, was like, um, like as a spouse, like one of the most important things we can do is like live our lives in a way that enables our spouse to hear like at the end of their life, like well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. Um, so one of the ways we've practically done that is 
like in areas where we felt that God has called us to serve. Like for example, in Boston, um, I co-led a middle school um, youth group with Becca uh, because that's an area where she's very passionate about. Mm. Um, and then here in Boston, or here in Waterloo, rather, <laughs> um, Becca has yeah. supported me as we move into um, leadership with the City Impact team. So cool. So yeah, I think um, that's definitely been an important part of our marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's incredible. And so uh, for, for City Impact specifically, what do, you, what do you guys do there? I mean, we're just sort of transitioning into that right now. But yeah, um, yeah Jeff and Sharon have done a great job at like, um, challenging us and encouraging us to sort of pick up pieces so that they can be released to do other things. Mm. So, yeah, cool. yeah. so every week we're going out and being on the streets in Waterloo and just serving the community. So it's whether that's raking or shoveling or yep. just meeting with the people and connecting with them yep. and hearing about their needs and what we can do. Micah brings his chainsaw and like awesome. people will come out to him <laughs> and be like, I have this thing for you to do. Can you do it for me? Oh, so he gets cool. very excited. Um, but yeah, we just love it. We love seeing what God is doing just mm. through the connections that we're making and the people that we're seeing again and again yeah. and just how they've come to know Slate and know of it mm. and mm. be interested in what we're doing and why we're doing it. Wow, it's powerful. I think I think like the reason I was so excited to interview you guys today is because your, your testimony as we, we're in this year in review service right now, looking back over... Uh, a very unexpected year of, you know, uh, like really not knowing how to handle all of this and, and having those big questions of like, what does it actually look like to be the church in this season? To hear that you guys have gotten plugged in and connected, not just with a connect group, but actually serving in the city is a powerful thing. And I, I, I just want to ask you guys, what would be your encouragement to somebody that maybe is struggling to get connected uh, online, whether that be in a connect group or whether that be in a team? Um, what would you say to them from light of your experience of just like making the decision to jump in? What would be your encouragement to somebody that's finding themselves maybe on the outs a little bit in this online season? Yeah, there's so much value in having community and talks about the body of Christ so mm. much in the Bible, having people that can push you and challenge you, but also people that you can share your burdens with and mm -hmm. that are there to support you and just pray for you. It's such a valuable experience and you don't want to go through this Christian walk without it. Yeah. And I would just challenge people that if you're starting to feel that, like maybe you should be doing something and the spirit is prompting you, but you're nervous or anxious yeah. or you don't want to just step out of your comfort zone. I'm just challenging you to think, is it possible that the enemy is just wanting you to be anxious mm. and not wanting you to jump into what God has mm. in store for you? It's something that can be great and powerful and impactful, not just for you, but for the kingdom and for yeah. the people that you're meeting wow. with and serving. It's a great so. thought. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for being here today to talk a little bit about your story. Thanks for what you're doing in City Impact. Thanks for joining Connect Group and doing all that stuff there. Uh, really Really like glad that after talking to Pastor Ben found out that you did get plugged in and you're still around because we're better for it as a church. And so thank you for your time today. Um, and hey, look, I'm gonna pass it over to, uh, to Pastor Beth to kind of just tee us up for what we've got next in our service here as we review this year, uh, 2020. Wow, that was incredible. Becca and Micah, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I know that I'm so encouraged by that. I think it's really easy in a season like this to, to get into that comfortable position and just say, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll sit it out until next year. 2021 will be a better time to jump in. But how cool is it that a couple can move to, to Canada into a new city and get so connected in online church and not just have a, an impact leading in our church, but also make an impact on the new community that they're a part of. That is so encouraging and thank you guys again for sharing your story today. 
You know what? That was such an awesome just collection of interviews and a really great interview to end it off of uh, this year in 2020 as we look back over this past year. But the interviews are not the only incredible thing that has happened this year. God has done so much in our church through our City Impact team, through baptisms. And we want to take a moment today just to remember some of those different things that God has done. You may not remember it, but earlier this year when, when long-term care homes were really struggling with supply of people, we had the opportunity as a church to donate face shields. We had an opportunity to go out into our community and do a church-wide serve day and really just get plugged in and help those who needed it most. And a couple weeks back, we actually had the opportunity to baptize 13 people who made a decision to follow Jesus. And so right now, we don't want to brush over what God has done this year. We want to take some time to really remember it and thank Him for everything that He's done. So why don't you check out this video montage of some of our 2020 highlights. Hey, I'm here with, with Jack. Jack is one of the residents here on Helene Crescent, where Street Teams has been serving uh, regularly on Saturday mornings. And uh, Jack would like to just share a little bit of what's on his heart about how uh, Street Teams through City Impact has, uh, has impacted their neighborhood. I was uh, kind of uh, joyful to see a, a team of people to go uh, at different streets and do community service. And you know, you can see the uh, love of the Lord that's uh, being in action. And you know, God says it's better to uh, be a servant than and, and to give and to receive it. That's what we're called for. going to do great things here today. In fact, we're baptizing 18 people today, which is amazing. And, uh, and we're really excited for that. It's pretty incredible. And we're just going to right now just take a moment and we're just going to pray over everybody that has made this incredible, incredible decision today. Lord, we just thank you so much for every single one of these people who has made a decision today to get baptized. What an incredible decision this is. A laying behind of what was and a stepping into what will be in your name. And we just declare over every single one of these lives right now, your blessing, your protection, your provision, 
your direction, Lord. Father, just use each and every one of these lives in a mighty way to shine your light into this world. That everywhere they go, they would be an example of what it looks like to live with you inside them. filled with joy, that they would be so filled with your presence, that they would be so filled with your Holy Spirit. What an incredible decision. What an amazing outward expression of this inward commitment to follow you. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for their obedience, Lord. In your mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Come on, what an incredible review. To see some of the things that City Impact has been able to do in the lives of people in our community, to see some of the things that uh, we got to see in this past year, like giving out the face shields and actually the serve day and actually meeting people in their homes and on their streets and uh, meeting the needs in our city, working with the food bank and the things like uh, baptisms, like seeing 13 people get baptized. How incredible is that? Like if you're wondering if God is on the move, he's on the move. And I'm so excited about taking the time to look back over this year to see all of those things. I, wanna, I hope it encourages you today. I hope that as we're watching this together, we're reminded of the goodness and the faithfulness of God through seasons that make sense to us and seasons that really truly don't make sense to us. But listen, I wanna encourage us today as we jump into the message portion of our service today, we've got a unique message for us today. And so we're going we're gonna to break it up a little bit, but I want to start with this passage of scripture out of Hebrews 10 verses 22 to 25. So if you've got a Bible with you, why don't you flip your Bible there? If you got it on your phone, you can open it up. Hebrews 10, 22 to 25, it says this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from any guilty conscience and having our bodies washed pure with water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love that verse in there that says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promises is faithful. I think that's, that's, that's a word for all of us in this year 2020. As things began to be a roller coaster of expectations, a roller coaster of pre-made plans being canceled, new cans, plans being canceled, and all the things that have happened, to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promises is faithful. I love that because our hope isn't based on our circumstance. Our, host, our hope is based on a God whose promises are faithful and they're un, uh, unwavering and they don't kind of go in and out of, of flux like a lot of things in our life in this past season. And so, listen, as we've been looking back on this year and all of the different things that God has done, as we jump into the message portion of our service today, we've got a word for you today, but it's kind of a blended word because it's, we're pulling on different themes that we've talked about over the past year as a church. If you can remember all the way back to February 2020, 
like feels like it was three, four, five, six years ago. It was this year, uh, February 2020, and we had this sermon series that we were in as our church where our lead pastors were walking us through. The sermon series was called Holy Habits. Do you remember this church, Holy Habits? And the idea of this series was that there are habits that we need to take up as Christians that will begin to draw us closer in our relationship with God, that will begin to uh, help us live the most fulfilled life we can live, not just that, but the, most, uh, the life that we can live that we're closer and closer to God as we go day by day. These habits that will actually establish in us firm foundations in our relationship with God. And one of the messages that was spoken out of this series that, that connected with people really on a deep level, I remember having lots of conversations about it. I remember talking to a lot of people. I remember being personally impacted was a message that Pastor Luke spoke back in February on the, uh, the holy habit of silence and solitude. Back in February, again, uh, I, I, like try to put yourself in your shoes in January, February, where life was busy, things were full, you were going out and seeing people all the time. I remember if you asked anybody, how are you doing? The answer was always, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. That was my answer. I remember trying to tell myself, okay, you got to stop answering that way because you're not that busy. But there was this thing of uh, FOMO. Remember FOMO? This like fear of missing out of things that were happening. I don't think I've had FOMO in the past 10 months because just nothing has been happening. But our lives were so full and so busy. And the word to us at that time was you've got to stop and you've got to rest. And I'm actually going to play that clip. Don't mind the audio. This was long before we ever cared about uh, what things sounded like and really focused on the online space. But we're going to jump in here to Pastor Luke uh, kind of outlining for us some of the ways that Jesus actually took silence and solitude in his life and the, the way that he demonstrated that that's actually an important thing for us to do as Christians. We see that Jesus spent a lot of time in silence and in solitude. And, and if it's okay with you, I just want to run through a quick list. I'm going to fly through this of some of the places, not all, this is not comprehensive, but just some of the places in the Gospels that we see Jesus withdrawing to a place of silence and solitude. Look at this. Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11, Jesus began, listen to that, he began his ministry by spending 40 days alone in the desert. Luke 6, 12, before he chose his 12 disciples, he spent a night alone in the desert hills. Matthew 14, 13, when he heard that John the Baptist had been killed, Jesus withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place apart. Matthew 14, 23, after the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, Jesus went by the hills to himself. Mark 1, 35, as we read earlier, uh, uh, follow no, this one isn't, but this is another one. This is what I'm talking about. Following a long night of ministry work, Jesus got up early and went to a lonely place. Mark 6, 31, this is what we read earlier. When his disciples returned, Jesus told them, come away by yourselves to a lonely place. Luke 5, 16, after Jesus held a, healed a leper, uh, Jesus withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Matthew 17, 1 to 9, with three disciples, Jesus sought the solitude of the lonely mountain, which was the stage for the transfiguration. You can let that settle in for a moment. Matthew 26, 36 to 46, as Jesus was preparing for the cross, he sought the solitude of the garden of Gethsemane. Are we starting to see the picture here that silence and solitude was a practice in the life of Jesus? It was something that he did regularly, and so should it be for us as well. Listen, we got a lot of solitude out of this last year. I don't think any of us were expecting it. I think before all of us were saying, I wish I could spend more time at home. And now all of us are saying, I wish I could spend more time at work or really anywhere other than our couch and watching Netflix and doing the things that we've been uh, kind of forced to do, but also selected to do over this past year. And uh, as all of this space was created in our life, space is an important thing. Solitude is an important thing. We see this in the life of Jesus. But as all of this space was forced on us in this past year of 2020, what did we see happen? 
We saw anxiety rise. We saw rates of depression rise. We saw uh, rates of suicide rise. We saw rates of abuse rise. As all of these things have happened, we think, wait, 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 wait. I thought, I thought solitude, I thought space in our life was the solution. I thought this was the answer. And then this space is forced on us. And what do we see? We see the exact opposite of what we expected. And what I've learned in this past year, what I've learned over 2020, is when you create space, space isn't the answer. Solitude isn't the answer. If you fill that space with anything but Jesus, your soul is going to be left wanting. And so my question to us is, what did we fill this past year with? As we've had all of this space, as all of these things have shut down around us and we've been left with ourselves and our relationship with God, did we fill that space in solitude with relationship with Jesus or did we fill it with Netflix and Instagram and mindless scrolling or whatever we fill it with? But I, 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 it highlighted to me, again, the importance of when we create this space, if we fill that anything other than Jesus, we're gonna be lacking in our souls. And, and really, it's more than just a physical thing. Like the, what we've been feeling, what we've been experiencing, uh, this relationship with Jesus is more than, than what is happening with our time and with our physical bodies in this realm. But it actually, there's a spiritual realm that's going on in, if throughout this past year as well. When we talk about our relationship with God, we can talk about the time that we set aside to read our Bible. We can talk about the time we set aside to be in church with people. But there's actually a whole uh, another realm of things that's going on. And that's, that's the spiritual realm inside of us of what God is actually doing, what's happening in our spirits as people. And, and Pastor Emma... She spoke a message uh, in the middle of, of COVID in our series, our home blind series. And if you remember our home blind series, this is where we talked about all sorts of things uh, that we'd become home blind to. That, and this idea of home blind being we're around it so much that we lose the significance of the things that are right in front of us all the time. And Pastor Emma spoke a, a phenomenal message called The War for Your Soul. And she highlighted in here that as uh, as we've created more space and as we find all of this stuff inside of us begins to rise to the surface, whether that be increased levels of anxiety, whether that be, uh, whether that be depression, whether that be fear or worry or whatever we, we are dealing with as a society, whatever we're dealing with as individuals, uh, her point in this message is that we can't solve those things ourselves. And so she said it best. I'm going to play that clip for you now and we can watch that together. See, we can't treat our soul with this I've got this mentality. I'm aware, I read the news, I know politics, I'm up on the discussion so I can protect my own soul. I can win the war that is raging against the depth of who I am. Let's not be naive. And now listen, church, don't think that I'm setting up this dichotomy that we have zero responsibility and that there's nothing that we can do. And we certainly have choices surrounding our soul and we have choices surrounding how we wage war and we have choices surrounding these things. But to think that we can just do it all ourselves and figure it out is not going to work. This is like trying to be our own doctor. You wouldn't break your leg and try to set it yourself. You wouldn't have a stroke and then try to prescribe the next steps. We are not our own physician. We can't do that for ourselves. We go and seek the help that we need. And that is what I want to encourage today is that when we recognize, when we grow in our awareness, when we're no longer home blind to the state of our soul, to the, 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 the war against our soul, we can no longer be passive and we can no longer live in the naivety that we can defend ourselves. We have to take it a step further. And we have to become surrendered. What are you talking about, Emma? What the heck? When you are waging war, you don't surrender. What do you mean? That's called losing. That is called losing the war. That is laying down. That is saying that I can't do this anymore. No, it is who you are surrendered 
too. And as a church, we need to recognize that we need to be surrendered to the King of Kings, that we need to be surrendered to the one who can actually do something. You see, this surrender is a way of the cross. It's a way of picking up the cross. Jesus says, whoever tries to gain their life will lose it. And whoever loses it for him will gain it. This is the upside down kingdom. This is the upside down gospel that we see in scripture. We might think that, okay, I, I, if I just work to gain my own life, if I just work to figure this out, then I'm going to have everything I need. And Jesus is saying, no, when you surrender is when you start to win the battle. When you surrender your needs and your desires and where you're at, that's when you actually see traction gained. That's when you actually see the battle won because we were never meant to do this on our own. What an incredible encouragement from Pastor Emma as she talks about this idea that, hey, we actually can't be the solution to this. We've actually got to release this to God. We've got to surrender it to God. Paul says, let us hold unswerving to the hope we profess for he who promises is faithful. Back in that verse in Hebrews. And, and what is God's promise to us as people? So it's exactly what Pastor Emma is talking about. He says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He says that when you seek him, you're going to find him. When you knock, the door is going to be open to you. When you ask, you're going to receive. There's this, there's this thing that uh, Jesus talks about, I believe it's in Matthew, and he says this idea of like, if, you got, if you're a father and your son asks you for a piece of bread, are you going to give him a stone? If he asks you for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? You're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, why, why would we do this? We would never do this. And this is exactly Jesus's point. Because he says, no, you wouldn't do that. And, and so much greater is your heavenly father going to give you good gifts and provide for you in the ways that you need to be provided for. So uh, again, as Pastor Emma is saying, we've got to release these things. We've got to surrender this to God. Are you struggling with anxiety? Ask God for peace. Are you struggling with sickness? Ask God for healing. Are you struggling with depression? Ask God for hope. Are you, are you worried about the new year and what lies ahead for us? Ask God for wisdom and direction. And look, I'm not saying don't take practical steps in each of these things. If you've got a broken arm, you need to pray about it, and then you need to get a cast on your arm. Yeah. But, I'm, but what I am saying is that you've got to pray about it, and you've got to ask God, because he's saying, listen, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to walk with you in this life. I want to walk alongside you. I have more for you than you could ever imagine, and would you just lean on me? Would you just ask me? Would you just rely on me? I want to walk you through this. And so... Again, maybe it's been a while since you've actually asked God for something. I want to encourage you, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for wisdom and direction in this next season, ask God for it. He wants to give it to you. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And he says, when you seek me, you're going to find me. If you can take two things away from the whole year in review, two things, even this message, scrap the rest of it. Just listen to this thing. If you can take two points away, the two points are this. God still has a plan and a purpose for you as a person. Whether you feel that, whatever you expected to happen this year, it doesn't matter. God knows what's next for you. He knows what 2021 holds. He knows what 2022 holds. And the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years of your life, he has a plan and a purpose. And you might have felt robbed of that plan and purpose. You might look back on yourself in February and say, the person I was in February is so much greater than the person I am now. And I want to tell you that that might even be true. You might have had a lot more going for you in February than you do now. But I want to tell you that's not true for your future. And it's not true for what God has for you. And so the first thing, if you take anything out of this, be reminded that God has a plan and a hope and a future. 
future for you. And they're good. They're not bad plans. They're not uh, bad futures, but they're actually good plans and good futures for us as people. The second thing I want us to take away from this. So God has a plan and a purpose for you. He's not done with you. The second thing that you can take away from today, and this is the whole point of this year in review as we're looking back on all of this stuff, is to remind us as a church, to remind us as people, to remind myself as I'm watching back on all this stuff, that regardless of how I feel, regardless of how insular the world can feel sometimes in isolation or in lockdown or wherever we find ourselves with COVID, no matter what that looks like, God is still using his church. He still has a plan and a purpose for his church. And his church is made up of individuals. And so if he's got a plan and purpose for you as individuals, he's got a plan and purpose for his church. And as we go into this next year, I want to encourage us, let's look back. Let's remember all that God has done. And let's know that, listen, we can't be stationary in our faith. We can't be stationary as a church and just expect to move forward in the same ways that we've moved forward before. Because there's new ground to be taken. There's new people to be reached. And there's new mediums to reach those people. The second uh, week that we, we were in, uh, as restrictions tightened, as Candace was talking way back in the beginning, that, that we had a worship night on Tuesday, everything locked down on Friday. That Sunday, uh, we kind of had our first online service. And the week after that, Pastor Brandon spoke a message called A World in Exile. And in this message, he talked about this idea of what will you be found doing? He, he talked about the story of Daniel. And Daniel basically was set up by, by people that he worked with. And they, they set him up and they put him in a trap and they, they went to find him in, the, in his moment where he was doing the thing that he shouldn't be doing. And the thing that he shouldn't be doing was actually praying. And the, the verse says, they found Daniel praying. And the question that Pastor Brandon asked us in this message is, what will you be found doing? What were we found doing over the course of 2020? Who knows, what are we gonna be found doing in 2021? And listen, I don't wanna rob Pastor Brandon of of the word he spoke, it was a phenomenal message. And so I'm gonna play that clip now and we can watch it together. There's a bunch of leaders right now at Slate Church and you're probably wondering, uh, what am I supposed to be doing during this season? Uh, Maybe you're actually a volunteer or somebody that um, calls Slate Church home and you're going, what do we do in this season? I've seen a little bit of purposelessness coming out of some of our team and some of our leaders, some of our volunteers during the season as we ask, well, I mean, I can't get ready for Sunday. What do I do during this season? You know, when we look at the life of Jesus, it's actually really interesting because based on our modern ideas of church, um, it doesn't look like he really did a whole lot either. When he leaves the earth, he doesn't leave his disciples with a multi-million dollar building. He doesn't leave them with this um, with this, um, you know, growing budget and a bunch of staff and support staff to be able to continue on the mission. What does he do? He leaves them with a command, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, Slate Church's mission hasn't changed. And guess what? The Great Commission hasn't changed. God is still looking for us to go out with the mission of Jesus, the Great Commission of Jesus, not the Great Suggestion of Jesus, the Great Commission of Jesus, and to go out and make disciples during this time. I wonder what it looks like for us to think, you know, what does this digital platform give us an opportunity to do as a church? I wonder if you would share this on social media. I wonder if you would share what uh, your church is doing, this local church is doing on social media. I wonder if you would reach out to friends and family wondering if they need anything. I wonder if you would uh, make random phone calls to people during the season and make sure everybody's doing okay. I wonder if you would buy a gift card for somebody you know is in the, the helping profession and specifically the medical profession during this time just to bless them and thank them for the extra hard hours that they're going through during this time. What will you be found doing during this time? Being this church in the season is not only having an impact on Waterloo region, but there's people tuning around all over the world right now. Last week, Somebody tuned in from Ghana. 
reached out to us through our connect card system online, which if you haven't filled one out, we would love to have you fill one out. Reached out, said we lo love the church, want to get involved. Well, just this past week, he was actually in via Zoom, one of our connect groups and, and participating like a full-fledged mem member of our church. I wonder what the possibilities are for us as a church during the season. I wonder what the world will find us doing during the season. What are we going to be found doing? It's an important question. It's a powerful question. It's one that made me stop and think, what was I found doing in 2020? Was I found complaining? Was I found dissatisfied with, with the, the church online and like, oh man, I wish I could go back to in person. I wish I could be worshiping in a room. Listen, I love worship. Personally, it's like one of my favorite parts of church. So one of the major ways that I connect with God and not being able to do that in like a room of 200, 300 people all crammed into to Maxwell's or wherever we found ourselves before is, is a big like gap. But even as Candice was saying, the people that have been impacted by uh, the worship and prayer mornings, I'm one of those people. The, the most impactful worship I've had in the last two, three years has been Scott Simon leading us on some janky like guitar on a prayer morning in the middle of like the, the summer where I'm like, what am I doing up at this time? And God met me in that place. And so it's been a powerful season of, of actually God changing my expectations as a person. What were we found doing in 2020? And the question still stands for us as we move into 2021. What are we gonna be found doing? Are we gonna be found uh, bickering with one another? There's been so many uh, different um, things that have come up, topics that have come up in, in the media over the course of this year, whether it's like masks or vaccines or um, uh, racial inequality, or uh, I'm trying to think there was like 15 different things that came up. I saw a list of them the other day and I was like, man, this has been a year of a lot of stuff. And each of these things, were we found causing division around these things? Or were we found actually uh, in the house of God, finding the things that we can agree on and moving forward in relationship with those things? And I think that the big question for this year is what are we gonna be found doing as a church? Listen, what God is doing in your life is just beginning. You can be 65 years old and watching this, God's got a new thing for you uh, in your life today. And so that is just beginning. What God is doing in our church is just beginning. As uh, Pastor Brandon was saying a few weeks ago in his message that we are just three years old and what we were able to do with this studio has been amazing. God has done amazing things, but it's just the start. If we get this idea that, hey, we're, it's just a season, we'll work our way through and the online thing, it's all gonna go away and yada, yada, yada. This is a wrong attitude to have. How are we gonna be found engaging God's church? How are we gonna be found engaging God as individuals? And I just wanna encourage you as we move into this next year, let this year in review be a reminder of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness. And as this verse said, let's hold on to that hope because his promises are faithful. And let's be found. I, look, I wanna be found uh, doing the things that it says here. Um, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not disunity and division, but towards love and good deeds in this next year. How can we encourage each other towards love? How can we encourage each other towards good deeds? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Listen, I wanna be somebody that encourages uh, the other people in our church. I wanna be somebody that's planted in the house of God uh, over 2020, but also into the year 2021. There's new things on the horizon for our church. There's new things on the horizon for you. God's got great plans for you. He's got great plans for uh, our church. And I just wanna encourage you, if you haven't jumped in and taken that step in your own life, in your personal relationship with God, if you're on the fence going, I don't know about this whole thing. I feel God doing something in me. I feel like uh, a sense that maybe there's, there's something here. Uh, we give an opportunity at all of our services for people to make a decision to follow Jesus. And we wanna do that today. He's got a new future for you. He's got a new plan. He's got new 
uh, purpose for your life. And so we're going to take a moment even in this service right now. Uh, if you're at a watch party, we're going to do every head bow, every eye closed. But if you're watching this today and you're thinking, I, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I want to actually align my life with what he has for me. I want to step into this purpose. I want to step into the plan that God has for me. Uh, then we're going to provide opportunity to that right now. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're watching this live, there's going to be a button that pops up in the chat and it says something like, I want to uh, follow Jesus. It's an anonymous button. If you click that, no one's going to see your name or anything like that. I want to encourage you, if that's you today, you say, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus on December 27th of 2020. Before this next year starts, I want to go into this year knowing that I've decided to follow Jesus. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to click that button and to pray this prayer after me. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray this together. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you have a hope and a purpose for me. I love you. I want to follow after you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if that was you for the first time, we're so excited for you. It's an incredible decision. There's going to be something happening after the service called Next Steps, and we would love for you to join that. You'll see another button pop up later in the service that says, join us for Next Steps. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love for you to fill out a Connect card. But I want to pray for another group of people before we move on in our service. And this group of people, uh, I'm a part of it. And it's people that, are, uh, that need to be reminded of the plan and the purpose that God has for them as individuals and need to remind themselves of the plan and purpose that God has for His church. So if that's you today, if you're saying, man, I feel like I've had the wind sucked out of me in this year and I want to step into this year with a renewed vision and a renewed faithfulness and a renewed steadfastness in what God is doing, uh, then if you're at a watch party, you can go ahead and raise a hand. If you're at home as a symbol, just to say as an outward expression of what you're feeling inside, go ahead and raise a hand. But we're going to pray uh, together over this. My hand is raised. I'm in this category. I need fresh vision for what God is going to do in my life as we step into 2021. And I need fresh vision and a reminder of what he's done in our church as we step into 2021. So uh, again, if that's you with your hand raised, why don't we bow our head? We're going to pray together. Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done in 2020. We thank you that it has been a year that nobody expected, honestly, probably that nobody wanted. And I thank you, God, that that doesn't matter because you are still faithful through the things we expect and through the things we don't expect. You're faithful through the things that we're excited about and the things that really pain us as people. Now, we thank you for that faithfulness, and I pray that we would find our hope today in your faithfulness, God, because your promises are true, your promises are faithful, God, and your promises are to be with us wherever we find ourselves, whatever we're walking through, God. And so we just pray that as we step into the year 2020, as 2021 as a church and as individuals, God, that we would be cognizant of what you're doing in our life, that we'd be aware of uh, who you are and the fact that you actually are moving in each of our situations. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We give this past year to you. We give this next year to you, expectant of what you're going to do. In your name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. We want to say again a big thank you to all the volunteers and to you as a church for uh, navigating through this season uh, of 2020 and COVID and all that has happened in this year. It's been a crazy year. It's been very different than we expected, but we're grateful to be uh, where we are today. We're looking forward into 2021 with expectation of what God is going to do. And what a great year in review service. How cool is it to be able to actually look back on all that God has done in this year, uh, things that we would have never expected, things that maybe we wouldn't even have seen if we didn't tune in today to see what actually God has done through our church and through each one of you as volunteers and each one of you that have been here uh, inviting people into what God is doing and sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus in our city. 
Yeah, and if you're someone that made a decision to follow Jesus today, we just want to say congratulations to you. We really do believe that that's the best decision that you could ever make. And as a church, we want to be able to come alongside you in that decision. And so there's a couple things that you can do from here. If you made that decision and you're watching live online right now, there's a little button that's coming up in the chat that says next steps. And you can actually click that and hop into one of our next steps sessions with our leaders at Slate Church to learn a little bit more about who we are, how you can get involved, but also what it looks like to make this decision and to, to walk it out in your life. And the other thing that you can do is fill out a connect card. The link for that will also be coming up in the chat. But if you made that decision today and you're just at home, maybe watching this on YouTube or you're at a watch party right now, you can also go to our website at slatechurch.com to fill out that connect card. Let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. And we would love to make sure that we can equip you with everything that you need to be able to walk out this journey really well. Thanks again for tuning in. It's been phenomenal. What a great uh, day, whether it's a Sunday that you're watching this or Monday, Tuesday, and uh, we will see you in the new year. Have a great week, church. my junior year there's candy in my backpack and you can pick our soundtrack we're heading for the east coast tonight so pack your bags and hold on tight because we're taking off pack up here drag you in pack up here in drag up pack here in get in back coast and hold back run away with me we're on the way to new york city take my hand and see manhattan so pretty travel light and see the world right you'll never know if you never go so run away with me and
City. 